welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. Welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. Today, we have doing something a little bit interesting, a little bit different than what we normally do. If you've been following our content, you will know that what our founder does, what we do out here in Central Texas, and the majority of our Gold Course members do, is just simply operate a property basically as a landlord and then outsource any type of service that requires a license or anything like that. That's going to be able to get you folks, you know, hit the ground running and skip all the rules, regulation, and red tape to get into it. If you've done any kind of research before you found us, you probably ran into, you know, how to become a licensed facility or maybe start up an assisted licensed facility. You know, there's many advantages and disadvantages to each business model. But on today's show, we actually have someone who's an expert in kind of the opposite model that we do. So we have a very experienced and at this point retired assisted living facility operator. His name is Yaz. And we're going to kind of go over just his background, kind of the advantages and disadvantages to each method. And uh, he's going to be dropping some major bombs on here for you guys. So Yaz, welcome. Thank you very much. Very happy to be here with you guys. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So before we get into kind of the nitty gritty details of, you know, the ins and outs of the industry and everything like that, why don't you give the folks just a brief background on yourself, kind of where you're from, what you were doing before you got into this and kind of what, sure. what made you want to do this in the first place? So pretty much I, my background is in aviation. I went to school, became a flight instructor, pilot, Happened to be that I graduated in September 11th, and we all know what, you know, what actually happened on that day to a lot of uh, business industries. Aviation was one that definitely got hit the hardest. And at the time, I really didn't have much to fall back on. I had all this student debt. Flight school is one of the most expensive endeavors one can undertake because there's really no help. You have to, you know, you have to pay for the flight time and airplanes and all that is very costly. And I had kind of this whole epiphany of getting into real estate. My family had always been somewhat associated with assisted living. So I put two and two together and I pretty much started getting into that industry vis-a-vis learning what it was that my family was currently doing and then just started applying it to real estate. And when I started seeing the numbers of basically what the amount of money was coming in per home, it just blew my mind that this could actually be a extremely lucrative business while tying in real estate at the time. So that's pretty much how I segued into the assisted living facility business. Excellent. So let's give the folks out there like some little bit of details to pique their interest. So <laughs> On our business model, again, we just charge for, you know, we're typically going to charge for the bed and for the room and our revenues just generated on literally, you know, licensing space to a number of different demographics. So we're not collecting any type of revenue by providing, you know, any type of medical service or, or anything like that. So our average home is going to, you know, revenue, you know, give and take, depending on the market, say six to 10,000 bucks in gross 
per property. And then the net's going to usually be around three or four grand. So that's our business model. What would you say that the average kind of numbers are on this type of facility that you run? Well, to give a little bit of context, when you get into assisted living facility, there's two ways usually that things are charged. You have what's called your room on board, and that's strictly for the facility. And it pretty much states within what's room and board. Room, board, you charge that. And then you have what are your ADLs, which is activities of daily living. This would be a separate charge. So based on when you qualify your resident or your patient, you will know roughly what you know, you're up against as far as services that you need to provide. So it's usually a combination of, of two things. Now, in Florida, and it's a disclaimer, you always want to verify your state and local laws, wherever it is that you're located. I'm a Florida guy, so we do have, depending on different states, different laws and rules and regulations that apply. Our average six-bed facility, which is the residential, it's usually six-bed facility. Anything commercial could be 10, 11, and above. So we'll stick to a six-bedder for easy mathematics. You're anywhere between fifteen dollars to $20,000 net profit per facility. And this is just at a six-bed you know, sales point. So I'm pausing just to let the folks marinate on that for a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's just one house, guys. That's for most people, you know, that's going to be life changing money. Correct. I know you had a mixture of residential and. Yeah, I started off just as I usually suggest everybody start small, learn the business. I started with my six, a six better. I mean, I initially started helping family members out and learning my ways, the paperwork. And, they are very management intensive, but they are very lucrative. So there is a high reward. And that's something that I always like to tell people, but there is work involved as in anything that usually makes money and high responsibility. So you, you always do want to make sure your heart is in the right place, as I'm sure most of you listening to this are, and just kind of have like a little knack for helping people, which I think most of us do. And if you could just happen to help and make money, it's always going to be a great combination. And I worked my way up all the way to, you know, 30, 40 beds. And we won't even get into the numbers there as, you know, I obviously don't want to fluff anything for you guys or oversell, but I worked my way up to about nine assisted living facilities. And I started exiting about a year and a half ago and recently got rid of my last one on April and currently retired and obviously looking for people to help and you know provide my expertise in this industry. So you guys can use your imagination and your calculators out there. But Yaz gave you, I mean, that six bed is basically like that's the baseline in Florida, at least, right? And then Yeah, yeah that, that's Florida. And I, I mean, like I've researched a little bit in Texas and there's some 11 bedders out there. And once you start getting into that, your numbers really start changing you just could break it down, the numbers that I gave, and that'll pretty much give you a, a per patient that you're roughly netting. And depending on the services that you also provide, you could charge more. I wasn't on the high, high, high end in the facility that I'm giving you the numbers. This is more the conservative side of it because I did have facilities in Coral Gables, which is a, a well-known area in Florida. And those patients would pay a lot more, but obviously I don't want to get into very high numbers and get people yeah. all 
all worked up. Just look at the baseline, right? Yeah. Up, guys. And he had at the peak, you know, was it nine properties you said? Yeah, nine properties. So again, and we'll, we'll get into like, you know, we'll get into the nitty gritty here. You know, I've talked to yes about, you know, kind of the stories he's gone through and managing these things. Like definitely it was a full plus overtime job. Right. But so guys, he, you know, he grinded it out. Was it nine or 10 years in the biz? Yeah. 10 years. So yeah, he's just, again, use the calculator and your imagination and you can see why after 10 years of grinding it out, he was able to just kind of cash out and retire. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, many advantages, disadvantages to each business model. The number one advantage to kind of the, the ALF route is obviously just the amount of, you know, money these things can bring in massive cash cows. You know, there's a reason you'll hear me and Andy talk about rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Which he's, he's in the business now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a reason he's he's big on this. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and and another thing that I want to bring up because it's, it's funny. There's a lot of things that have happened with real estate and I still believe it's one of the best investments. And if you happen to pair it up with either the group home riches or an ALF model, it's just obviously going to be more lucrative than having a tenant in there. But we all saw what kind of happened with real estate and just the single tenants with COVID where the government got involved and they stopped you from getting your money or if people couldn't pay because they couldn't go to work. And that kind of put a different spin on real estate. So for those of you guys that are listening to this, understand that when you have a different business model that, that not everybody else does, something like group home riches where you have multiple tenants, There's obviously an advantage over other people that just do real estate on a per tenant basis. And when you get into the assisted living, most of the people that are paying you, they're going to be either government or insurance companies or retirement money. So you're really not going to have a stop of cash flow coming in. And I don't hopefully foresee anything happening where the government will stop or give some sort of leeway to people that don't want to pay. And we always know that people like to take advantage but that's like one very solid benefit to this business. Your money doesn't stop. Like I never, I, I was always getting paid throughout COVID. I didn't have an issue. I didn't have to worry about non-payment. And one of the beautiful things about it is, is government was actually is very pro-friendly people who run these facilities because they're very much needed. We're also moving into a very big boomer retirement era, which is why the greats like Kiyosaki are, are getting into this field. It's just a lot of money that's going to be moving into that and they need the care. So if you're just in a position to provide this, you will make a lot of money. The actual, like the residents, the people staying at these homes, you know, the majority of them are that right. Homes. They prefer kind of a residential setting compared to like these big, like almost totally that commercial hospital kind of feel places. Totally little vignette with how I started getting into the higher end clientele, I started just like everybody else humble. I didn't really understand much. And my higher paying clients were usually coming from institutional settings. And when they would tell me the amounts that they were charging, I were to charge with these institutions charged. I would make a hundred thousand dollars a month on a six bed facility. Now, obviously we, that's like ludicrous, but most of these people that are in institutions pay that amount of money, 10 to 15K per month per patient. 
my first patient actually came from an institution because the institution neglected after paying three times the amount of money and actually ended up hurting herself and came to me for a fraction of the cost. Now, it was funny because at a fraction of the cost, I was making more money on that one patient that I had ever made. And that kind of opened my eyes to wait a second. Like, There's a whole other market here that charges way more money than I do. Hopefully, you know, this is the type of value that I could add in helping you guys navigate this and just pretty much letting you know what you guys can charge and not selling obviously yourself short. Because as I said, you have your room on board and you also have your services. So you're a service bound business. You can't forget that you're not just going to charge people for rent. You're providing a service. So it's obviously way more lucrative. So even with our business model, you're going to love this quote from Andy. I asked him one day, you know, just out of the blue, like I just, just out of curiosity, like, Hey, what's the ROI that you get on the group homes? And he said, if I have to calculate ROI, it's not a deal. Yeah, correct. And it's (laughs) funny. uh, It's very funny that you say that because that's exactly had a friend of mine was doing an MBA and he, he had a little fancy calculator that they had him worked out as one of the projects. And when we started inputting the numbers, he's like, I like, this doesn't even make sense. And he was a compounding interest guy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, compounding interest is pretty much stock market. That, that's the best way to generate income. And when he put the numbers I gave him, he's like, this is unheard of. This, you have to have made a mistake. I'm like, no, my man, this is it. Like, this is my humble business. This, this is what I got based on what the property cost and based on what I generated from this property that the numbers are unreal. So yeah, I could definitely, yeah. I, I 100% even, even, even ours are unreal. Like we can't, we don't even advertise it. Cause you know, if a real estate investor comes across it, it's just going to look like automatic scam. Yeah. Those are our numbers. And yeah. then with your model, you know, at least financially, it's probably a way to like almost 10 X, even what we're doing. So uh, it's gotta be yeah. and, and astronomical. I could, I can imagine the guy's face. And for those who need a little help reading in between the lines, Robert Kiyosaki is possibly one of the best well-known real estate investors of all time. And here he is getting into assisted living facility now. So that should pretty much tell you guys that what we're telling you here is spot on. I mean, this guy is not going to get into this if it just doesn't didn't blow yeah. numbers out the water at this stage of his life. It's a guy, he has, he's basically printing money with his consulting yeah. business, with his multifamily stuff. And he's 100%. still, this is, this is the one, if you listen to his podcast, this is the one that he's pretty, he's kind of like most excited about. This yeah. Niche. Because it's just, it's going to take all the benefits and just like you said, 11X. So massive opportunity. So now that we've gotten that point across and got you guys super pumped up, let's talk about who it's not for. <laughs> this is why we recommend, honestly, you know, for most of the people that reach out to us, our business model, you know, just start, starting out either leasing or partnering with a landlord, not worrying about, you know, providing the services. It's just going to work out. That's what most people are going to be best starting out for honestly, just because of the resources. So what's the biggest barrier to entry? So like, let's talk about that just to get started. Like, what are some of the main things that you need to get done? So initially, there's multiple ways you could approach this. Now, if you're starting from scratch, or currently someone using the group home riches model where they currently have, so we could use that as an example, and then we could kind of veer into another type of example, just so that people get two comparisons. Cool. 
So if you currently, you always want to have these properties cash flowing. So if someone has multiple tenants in there, I know depending on the laws and the states where you're at, some places will allow you to have two residents before getting licensed, which usually helps with overhead costs. So the first thing you want to make sure is that the property actually zones for an assisted living facility. Right off the bat. Sorry to cut you off, but that's what I was getting at. Just the biggest barrier of entry is you need to have the property first, right? Yes, that in, in this specific scenario where let's say somebody's currently operating a home and they just want to convert, mm-hmm. they got to make sure that it qualifies for zoning. Now, this could vary. In Florida, we have a thousand square foot space ordinance where there's got to be at least a thousand feet between you and another facility for you to open up another facility. It might not work like that somewhere in Ohio or New York or Texas even. So that needs to be verified, but that would be like the number one barrier to entry here. So you want to make sure that your property qualifies for zoning, number one. Now that's under group home riches model or someone that's just going to start off with two patients or two residents. You could also, you have the other route where you could possibly buy an existing assisted living facility that's already established and you're going to shortcut a bunch of obviously the paperwork and stuff that you have to do to get them going. Can you start like the licensing process? And again, what you're doing, this is in Florida, it might be different in other States. Can you start the licensing process without having a property? No, you cannot. So property is number one. That's that's out 100% number one. So You guys either need to have a property and then check the zoning to see if it will qualify. Correct. Um, If you don't have the property, then you're going to need to have funds to get the property. So right off the bat, typically, you know, 20% down, you know, as far as I know, there's no like magical grants out there to help you, you know, purchase these properties. It's going to be like, so how, how did you start off? Did you just get like a typical mortgage or? family property or what was that like? My first property was actually a rental where they currently had an existed assisted living facility and it was empty. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much bypassed all the initial zoning paperwork stuff. I, I ended up doing it for a bunch of other facilities that I owned at one point, but that was how I started off. But when I initially got into it, it was empty. So I had to do all my marketing to get my residents in there. I had to get a lot of uh, policies and procedures that, you know, a lot of the paperwork that needs to be organized, obviously, although it was licensed, but that's how I started off. So were you renting the property? And it, but my first property was a rental. Yes. Awesome. Okay. But you still had to... Which, which I don't want to discourage people because there's a huge, and this is one of the golden nuggets that I want to leave here for whoever's listening to this podcast and their heart happens to be in the right place. There's a lot of people that, you know, are getting older themselves and have been in the business for a long time and have these properties that sometimes have are licensed and they're not operating or they're down to their last two residents or three. And this is usually a great way for you to get in this property and start generating the type of numbers that we talked about on a rental contract with the landlord. And then obviously you start your own, you know, you, you just continue to grow, go to the next one. So that's very cool. So 
you basically worked out a rental agreement with the landlord and the landlord was, they were operators at one point. Correct. They were an operator. They had some issues where they obviously couldn't continue doing operating the assisted living. And I, I came in, I pretty much worked out a you know, monthly rental cost, which was actually very, very fair. When you work out these type of agreements, they normally, it's not that much more. I mean, let's say a, a rent in a property is $3,000. They might end up charging you know, five, $600 more to include it with the business, but that's it. You don't cut them into your business or anything like that. So I was pretty much paying that amount of money for my first one. And then everything else was to my pocket, except obviously the rent and whatever you have your insurances, you have your liability policies that you're going to have to have. So there is cost associated with these assisted livings. But overall, there was a lot less barrier to entry with that strategy. And that's something we could get into if people are interested. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll tell folks how they can dive more into that later. But that's a great overview. And that's something that I learned. So that's very cool that you were able to do that. I'm wondering if it's, again, check state to state. So in Florida, you can get started out by renting the property, which I didn't right. know. Right. Still going to take it still took some cash, right? So you had to have, you know, you're renting a big property, probably had a down payment, then you, you know, you had to pay. It wasn't like you had a full filled property that first month. Yes, but I, if you're going to start any other business where you're going to get into a lease, this is by far the cheapest business to get into because the amount of money that you're going to generate versus what you're actually putting down, where if you had to, like, let's say, open up a cell phone store or a bakery or whatever, and you have to go through all these approval processes. See, that's another thing that you kind of want to take into account. When you get into a business, you have your, you're always going to have your overheads, which are your rents. But if, you, if you're already getting a, a licensed assisted living facility, you don't have to worry about anything else because everything is done. You just have to worry about now getting your residents in there yeah, and filling up beds, which, you know, there's strategies for that that we could get into further down the line as well. But your barrier to entry is for the amount of money you could generate, probably the least amount of money. You will have out-of-pocket costs. But if you compare it to any other business, it's kind of like, it's a no-brainer. Even the person renting you the property had to come out of pocket way more to rent you that, that property at you know, $3,000 a month, assuming that's, you know, that's a scenario. So if you think about it, you're coming out of pocket, let's say 10 grand, yeah. and you're ready to rock and roll. Very okay. few businesses where you that's have on the, that. So that's if you're bootstrapping it, like kind of Yaz did still you're at least looking at give or take, you know, 10,000 bucks, right? So assuming you find the perfect scenario where you have an owner operator that just wants to rent you the property and they are out there, disclaimer, they are out there. It's not like you could just hop on Craigslist and find this though. Or like I actually, truth be told, I have found through Craigslist yeah. these type of deals, but it's not the, it's not the most direct way of obviously doing this. I, and I mean, we just dropped a huge nugget on these guys to source these facilities out. Yeah. 100%. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely doable in that way. So we have the um, group home riches model where you currently have anything that's traditional with a buying a first time home or buying a home. You, you're going to have all the traditional financing 
ways that you go about that. And then you're going to have obviously your overhead of paying for this property while it gets licensed, however long that takes, depending on where you're at. So there is costs associated, but there's ways, obviously, it's just, it's a matter of getting your first one going. I always tell people, try to get into your first assisted living facility. And I'm sure anybody listening to this that did the Andy model, the group home riches model, the first one's always like the, the hardest. And then it's like, oh, this is easy. And you know, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of you guys listening to this that are actually successful doing the group home riches model, which I think is brilliant, have told realtors about the amount of money you're able to generate from these properties. And they look at you guys like, no, that, that's not even, you know, that's not true. So a lot of people think this is not even possible. And when you take it to the assisted living facility side, you're just 11 xing whatever you guys are currently doing now. Yeah. Well, yeah. we show folks that are, you know, if they're on a tight budget, literally like check to check, they don't have any startup costs. We teach them the, just the basic systems to kind of get into place, like, you know, how to get set up to collect payments, maybe some basic management stuff, supervision, have your like home health companies in place to where you can outsource stuff and then start doing the networking, you know, find the programs you're going to work with, maybe get a contract with them, maybe start building your wait list, then go start talking to these landlords that are making two, 300 bucks per month on a good month, right? All right. They say, hey, you know, look at this business model. This is what I'm going to do. This is the paperwork that we got, et cetera, et cetera. And I have 10 people, you know, ready to move in now or 50 or whatever you do with your marketing. I don't need just one property. I need three in the next couple months willing to negotiate a split or pay above market rent. Just need a property to operate out of. What do you think? Right. Correct. That's it. That's our, that's our script from the gold course in a nutshell. And yeah, we get people like once the landlords get it and they understand like, maybe I can make a couple hundred bucks more per month or even like split the profit and this operator is going to be doing everything. It's a no brainer. I mean, yeah, we, we, landlords are literally giving our members like here, here's my property. Right. Do your thing. Right. <laughs> so, and I mean, this, this is another strategy with the assisted living. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, when I got into it, I didn't know realistically the amount of money you can charge. And you start asking and you start like calling other people around and they kind of give you rates. And a lot of people don't know what the value is that you're providing. So a lot of people end up running these homes into the ground because they just don't charge the right amount of money. You know, so you, you obviously want to have the right clientele in there, which is very easily done. And obviously not being afraid to ask for the amount of money of the service that you're going to provide for these people. So a lot of people just don't have their numbers they don't know their numbers. They don't know what they're going to charge. And they just obviously don't end up making the money that, that they can. And those type of people sometimes have these facilities and you just come in understanding our strategy and how it's the way that we do it to get the right clientele in there. And you could pay them a little bit more money in rent. And they'll be like, here, just, just have it. You run it. Because they're, they're probably making the same amount of money with what you're giving them versus what they used to do as, as a, an operator. A lot of people don't know how to operate these things. They just don't. That's a reality. Well, let's get into that. Like the, just the kind of operational and we'll keep it, you know, just kind of like overview, like so, higher level looking in, like what type of services do you provide? You know, what's your staff look like? Do so as I mentioned before, we have what's called the, uh, the ADLs here in Florida, which is the activities of daily living. 
And that usually consists of uh, three meals a day plus snacks, whatever services X, Y, and Z patient needs. So if they need assistance with bathing, we have staff that provides that. Now here we have a certain amount of, hour, of staff hours that were required by regulations. So if you have six patients and you're fully stocked, you got to have at least, I believe it's 230 or 240, 240 hours that you have to account for on a weekly basis. So that's pretty much going to tell you how many people you need. Usually do this with two staff members. If you're there in the morning, your hours count as well as an administrator. Usually the way I, I operated this, I was always the administrator of my facilities and I had staff that provided the services. You are going to need somebody that stays 24 hours. Although most assisted living facilities, as far as uh, Florida law goes, are not required to provide 24-hour care. That's where we were getting to nursing homes. We are required to have someone at the facility for 24 hours, even if it's just sleeping. So... Yeah, I mean, you, they are management intensive, even as an administrator. And I always tell people that their heart needs to be in the right place. It is a very lucrative business, but it's also a business that requires a lot. One of the uh, things I'm very proud of in my 10 years in business is I never had a lawsuit. And the reason why I attribute to not having a lawsuit, I was just always on top of them. This is a business where you need to be hands-on, especially when starting. You need to learn the business. If you want to be successful at it, you're going to have people that are going to be providing services to elderly, frail people. So heart does definitely need to be in the right place for this. This is not something you're going to be able to just do with a virtual assistant or hire off. You want to make sure that you actually learn the business from the get-go and you usually in anything in life, any endeavor, you're going to get in what you're going to get out of it, what you put into it. So I do advise people to start from learning how to actually operate these things as if they didn't need anybody and just learn the full scope of the business. So if you were, let's say you were a doctor, a lawyer, you've been saving, you're stacking cash, you're looking for passive, you know, business investments. There's consultants out there that charge tens, twenties, thirties, forties, fifty thousand dollars to do that. What's your opinion on that? Um, you know, when we started discussing the whole partnership, which only made sense because your current business model is very much like an assisted living facility, obviously, with less of the licensing and a bunch of other stuff that come along with assisted living. We didn't want to go down the route of charging people thirty, fifty thousand dollars to do this. I don't think there's a need to charge people that much money to do this because a, a lot of the information that we're going to provide is just going to obviously shortcut having to pay someone you know, $30,000 of your money. I'd rather you take the $30,000 of your money and start one of these facilities, which are very much needed, you know, than pay someone $50,000 to do paperwork for you. So we steered away from being paper pushers for the industry. I don't want to fill out applications for you guys. Most of this stuff is self-explanatory. And if you need help, we could definitely assist. But that's not what we're looking to get into because that's what most people obviously end up charging for. And the reality, in order for you to be successful in the business comes not from being able to fill out the paperwork, but more so from the contracts you negotiate 
your clientele, the referral network that you put in place, how you leverage your home health agencies to refer your patients. You know, obviously you're, you're sending them business. So we're just, we want to obviously provide value to shortcut most of the fluff of all these courses that we've seen online, where we could just pretty much tell you do this, this, and that, and that'll get you to this step. And then when you're here, get to do this, this, and that, obviously shortcutting as much as possible without having to take all this money from people up front. That's where I, that's where, and you know this very well, that's where I've always stood since the first day when, when we started talking about this idea. Well, that's the most confusing part. And probably one of the biggest barriers to entry is just kind of like, just a lot of people just don't know where to start, right? If you look up how to start a group home or how to start a licensed facility in X state, there's just so much fluff out there and random, you know, sites that pop up. Really, there's going to be like one department that you're going to need to work with, right? And then, you know, typically, let's just stick with Florida, for example, like, don't they have, you know, there's some type of certification process or a class? Yeah. So one thing I always suggest to people is, and you don't have to get this right away to start the business. So if we have anyone that's just wants to buy an ongoing assisted living facility that's already set up. There is an, usually in Florida, there's an administrator course. And I always suggest everyone take it. And I've talked to plenty of people that, you know, they're not interested. They'll just hire an administrator. That's all great. But one thing I've learned in doing business is you always kind of want to be just enough of an expert in everything that's associated with your business. So if you're going to be working with administrators, you want to know what their job entails and definitely what the law requires from, you know, because most of the stuff that is required here is, is you know, it's, it's law bound. And when you kind of have a basic understanding of what is required for an administrator, then you're actually able to bring somebody on board, which, you know, you're going to actually understand your business. So if you're going to make money from anything and you're planning on retiring from it, you need to be an expert. You need to learn the business. You just, there's no way around that. So lazy people need not apply. Um, <laughs> but it, you will be very, very handsomely rewarded if you put in the time. And it's, and it's funny because it's like everything. It's not that bad. But I do always tell people you want to make sure that you get the basic course of what it entails to be an administrator of one of these facilities. If you ever work your way up to five facilities and you have someone quit on you, I never had it happen to me in five years, but I could step in and put my license as an administrator and have no issues. So there's just benefits that you're going to pick up when you're immersed yourself like me. My background is in aviation. There's terminology in aviation that you only know if you're flying. There's terminology in assisted living that you only know if you're in assisted living. There's terminology that you know if you're in real estate. So you always want to be a professional. And this is one thing that's going to obviously make all the difference because your foundation is just solid from the get-go. And you, you want to make sure you have your foundation solid from the get-go in this line of work. Yeah. So what I've been gathering just, you know, from working and talking with you is there's just going to be that initial like bureaucratic process that's going to vary state to state to get through. And then from there, it's just, it sounds to me, it's kind of typical. It sounds comparable to like a real estate license. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever done that, but you go through this training, 
and like there's all this jargon you have to Correct. to get the Correct. test. Correct. And then once you get out into it's the field, nothing. Yeah, you know. I always say correct, <laughs> and I always tell people that there's the right way, the wrong way, and the way, and the, the way is usually somewhere in the middle, and more obviously skewed to the right way. We always follow all our laws, but it's just there's a lot of stuff that you don't ever use again. But you do want to kind of be somewhat exposed to it initially, especially if you have no experience in it. So that exactly. you, you, same with real estate. There's like these, all the laws, fair housing, you have to tiptoe around that in theory you could get sued for, you know? Yeah. So you definitely need to know that stuff. And most real estate agents don't <laughs> when you talk to yeah. them. Right? And, and, but, you know, and, and it's very sad because what ends up happening is you end up getting sued or you end up screwing somebody over. And that's pretty much the end of your career with something. And it's usually like, stupid stuff people either over trying overselling or just you know obviously just doing stupid things and this is definitely a line of work where you don't want to be doing stupid things i was speaking with one of our coaching clients that knew someone that does what you do right they got shut down just because they had too many people in the property it was like a 20 bed limit and they had 23 people in there yeah and then see that that's the type of stuff that you know, there's no need. And I, I never understood people like that. You hear it all the time out here as well, because I get the emails, such and such shut down because they, you know, they were running. They had um, here, for example, is a big regulation against pegs. You can't have patients that have a peg and a peg is pretty much a feeding tube. They call them pegs. And it's, it's a, it's a feed, you, you feed the patient through the tube. That automatically disqualifies the criteria to be in an assisted living facility in, in the Miami, in the, in the Florida, Miami-Dade, Florida area. So people get shut down for this stuff. It's like, why would you even go, if they don't meet your criteria, why would you take a patient that doesn't meet your criteria? There's no amount of money that's going to add up to you getting shut down for something that could have been completely avoided. And you know, once again, it, it comes down to being able to screen your patients and understanding the terminology, understanding your criteria. So I used to go for when I started, I used to actually go visit the patients before I would take them just to make sure that they were a good fit and I could provide the services for these people. You know, these are things that are going to save you a lot of headaches because once you got the patient in your facility, you can't just kick them out. It doesn't work that way. It's not easy. You don't mobilize elderly people very easily. So, you know, you obviously want to make sure that these people are the, are the right fit for your facility. And all, there's different facilities. There are facilities that I had that were female only, facilities that I had that were younger. So it depends on where your location is, your demographics. But you definitely want to make sure that you have the right fit for your facility. And these are all the type of things that as people get approved and they have the facility and they start dealing with the business side of it, that's where we'll be able to come in and provide huge amounts of value to people because I did this. This was my business for the last 10 years. So I I know how to avoid a lot of the pitfalls that you're going to end up putting yourself into. And obviously even possibly having legal issues, which I'm going to repeat again, because it's the biggest thing I'm proud of. I never got sued in 10 years, not one lawsuit. Very happy to say that. So it must be pretty, it's very common then in the business. It's like everything. If you do what you're supposed to do, it's not common. But if you're the, if you're the person that from the get-go is going to take the shortcuts, which is why we're actually 
going over this now. If you're going to take the shortcuts from the get-go, this is not the business to take shortcuts because you're dealing with people's lives. So you obviously want to make sure that you're on your, your P's and Q's, which is why it's paid very well. So if, if you're going to be a professional and you're going to make good money, it comes with responsibility. So you definitely got to be a responsible person. But it does, you do have, remember, Florida is one of the biggest retirement havens in the U.S. The warm climate attracts a lot of people here. So there's tons of assisted living facilities here, tons. And a lot of people get into these facilities. And we have a lot of people here that are not English speaking. So like that's one of the requirements here. You at least got to understand English language. And they just, they go in, they run them. And they don't even, you know, they end up putting five people with feeding tubes in, in their facilities and then they're wondering why they're getting shut down but that's just neglectful at that point so it's most people i don't think fall in that category but you do hear of, of all kinds of people doing all kinds of stuff that they, they obviously shouldn't so we've put the disclaimers out there right definitely this is not just a get rich quick you know shortcut passive type of thing right? yeah and anybody anybody who's selling you that run <laughs> because that's usually it's just not true it's not the way it works if you want to make if you want to make the money, there is responsibility that comes with that. And this is a business that makes you money, but there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. So, yeah. so what type of person would this business be, would be a, a perfect fit for it, do you think? First thing I always tell people is, is that your heart's got to be in the right place. If you like helping others, which most of the people that I, that, I mean, most of my nurses and staff that I had were just phenomenal people. Your staff is going to, like in any business, make you or break you. But I met people that I still think to these, they're still friends of mine. They still write to me all the time. They, they miss me dearly. I miss them. These people are the closest things to angels that you're ever going to see. And you will find it in this business, just like you'll find your, your people that, that are not so great. But you definitely got to be a compassionate, patient, loving person. And you're obviously, as an administrator or owner operator, you're the head of that. So if you don't know how to deal with people and you don't have patience and you don't have patience, like you're not patient with people, your elderly people are slow. So you definitely got to be patient and have this innate want to help others. It's usually the, the secret sauce with a little bit of discipline. You know, I won't make it that hard on your listeners. You usually got the, the, the winning recipe, in my opinion. Well, I have a feeling there's there's quite a few people out there with that personality listening. I mean, you don't typically just stumble onto uh, group home riches. <laughs> you know, it's not not one of those side hustles that the average person just stumbles upon. So, uh, correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so, we'll wrap it up here in a sec. Then, do you have any parting words for the folks out there? No, just want to thank uh, you, Brendan and Andy, for you know giving me the opportunity to actually speak to your audience. And uh, hopefully we could help people further make more money providing services, which I, I just moving forward, I think is going to be the way to own real estate. I think people who have found you already and are doing your model are some of the unbeknownst, perhaps to them, smartest people, just because if there's any regulatory issues with real estate, they're already positioned where they're providing a service to the community to help lower income people. And when you tag that in with assisted living facility where you're not helping elderly people, you're just like, you're going to be successful. We're going at a thousand miles 
you know, a minute towards that direction. So whoever happens to hear this and sees the value in it, there, I foresee a very bright future for them. That's pretty much it. And hopefully we could help them get there quicker. Well, well put. So guys, we've talked about the advantages, the disadvantages, who it's for, who it's not for. I'm excited. Me, Yaz, Andy, we just started working together. So this will be a work in progress. But uh, if you are interested in working with Yaz, we're going to have a link in the description for you guys to do that. If you are not on our mailing list, absolutely 100% sign up. Get the free training material, www.grouphomeriches.com. If you want to start out with kind of a simpler business model than what we've talked about today, which, you know, basically all of our other content is focused on that. So if you have questions on that, reach out to us or check out some of the other podcasts or videos on YouTube. But if that sounds like something that you want to start out with, we have a number of different products for you guys to uh, streamline things, starting with the gold course. And then we also offer, uh, you know, coaching and kind of some marketing services as well. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. You dropped some major knowledge for the folks out there and I'm excited on uh, bringing more, more value to the group home riches family out there with you. My pleasure. My pleasure. pleasure. All right. Thank you. Thank you.